0: Come on, get down with the sickness. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up. Come on, get down with the sickness. Your mother, get up
1: okay so before we begin uh we'd like to acknowledge that we're recording today on the stolen lands of the eora and ghoulin nations
2: sovereignty was never ceded and this was and always will be aboriginal land Welcome to episode 17 of Chronically Fully Sick. I'm Joanna Nilsen, an unemployed artist who has found a job as an assistant window dresser for a department store. When I happen upon a beautiful mannequin I previously designed, she springs to life and introduces herself as Chloe Sargent, an Egyptian under an ancient spell. Despite interference from the store's devious manager, me and my mannequin fall in love while creating eye-catching window displays to keep the struggling store in business
1: what the fuck is that um that's the plot of the 80s movie mannequin it's very good is that the one with kim cattrall yes oh my god <laughs> i was just thinking about that movie the other day and i don't know why but it's, it's been so, so long since i've <laughs> all right i'm gonna watch this tonight this is gonna the clothes be are really I... good <laughs> yeah um Speaking of uh, Egyptians under ancient spells, I rewatched The Mummy recently and it holds the fuck up. Brendan Fraser can get it still. Yeah, Brendan Fraser can get it permanently yeah. and forever. Um, so can Rachel Weiss, but um, yeah. her eyebrows in that first movie are truly something to behold. What do you mean? Do you, re- do you remember them? They're like no. the, the most badly plucked, like. Tiny straight line eyebrows, but they are so badly plucked to the point that, like, you can see regrowth, they're just really bad. Anyway, go and look up everyone, go and look up a photo of Rachel Weiss's eyebrows in the first mummy film because it is truly unbelievable.
2: (laughs) I can't believe they let it happen. I Um, can't believe I plucked my eyebrows so much in the early 2000s. Then, when I looked at Gwen Stefani, who who is that fault for this? Yeah, she actually just had them covered up and then drawn back on. She didn't. Yeah, she, she bleached her those. eyebrows a lot
1: too. Yeah, Ugh, fuck yeah. Her. Also, a lot of cultural appropriation, a lot of bindis and that sort of thing. But you know, she was a uh, she was one of the last people to kind of do a lot of that cultural appropriation and not get in trouble for it. Like, remember mm. that album with the Harajuku girls and all of that kind of oh, stuff? Oh yeah. And then yeah. it was like shortly after that that everyone's like, oh. A cultural appropriation is a thing. And Gwen Stefani's like, ha ha, I got away with
2: it. I think, I think my um, Japanese girls as accessories are just really cute. Kawaii.
1: Mm, yes. Kawaii. Get out of here. Chloe Des, all of that. Yes. Anyway.
2: <laughs> if yeah. you want to get updates on us at the Chronically Fully Sick podcast and Rachel Weiss's eyebrows.
1: Yeah, you can we're do not that talking on about chronic illness anymore. It's just this podcast is just about cast. Rachel Weiss.
2: <laughs> it's the eyebrow cast. <laughs> I love it. Um, Twitter at ChronicFullSick, sick, Instagram at chronically fully sick, or you can get in touch with us via our website ChronicallyFullySick.com. And if you would like to rate review and subscribe to this podcast, it helps other sick people find us and uh, makes the world realize how good we are at this job of podcasting.
1: Yeah, it also um really sort of pushes my like ego uh, validation button, so which I desperately need right now, so please. Please do Please, it. Please,
2: we don't have any I, serotonin left.
1: I know, my last two cells of serotonin are dangerously about to walk out, so I really need you to rate, Push review and subscribe.
2: Push, Push that button. Push that button, button baby. Push it real good. I got vaccinated um, oh, quite recently. Thank you. I had to lie to get it done. Um... <laughs>
1: Yes, because this is the only way we can get vaccinated in Australia is uh, by lying
2: and by yeah, deception. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, some of the medication I'm on can be used to treat some of the illnesses on the list. Even though I believe like we should be on on that list, but that's fine. School teachers mm-hmm. aren't on the list either, which is yeah, very extremely bad. But there's been I, some choices made. That's some sure. some choices. There's some choices. Yeah. Yeah, I had a extremely odd reaction to it. I was expecting to have a big flare up, um, mm. pain wise, but I did not have that. Instead, I got covered in a disgusting rash, which oh, is yeah. only just and going send away. Me,
1: yeah, you sent oh, me yeah. so many photos of it.
2: It's so gross. It was,
1: it was a, a wonderful week of just me waking up every morning to different photos of <laughs> like awkwardly positioned photos of Joe's body. <laughs> yeah. Covered in red dots.
2: I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry, but look at my titty. It's really Uh, bad. You never said I'm sorry. (laughs) Just to clarify,
1: (laughs) that was never something that was said. (laughs) So yeah. yeah, Like, hey, look at at this under titty photo.
2: (laughs) Check out my under boob. It's only just started going away like two weeks later and I had to take heaps of steroids. But like... (laughs) (laughs) like a giant rash on each boob kind of like donut shaped just like a (laughs) ring around
1: each nipple (laughs) hot hot and sexy
2: so me and you donut um... shaped
1: rash around your areolas that's that is (laughs) I swear if you went into hospital and you just went so I got vaccinated and now I've got these donut rash titties and they would be like that's not That's not, we're not even going to mark this down as a side effect. Can you please leave? You are the only person in the world that has the rash titties, the donut rash titties. Well, you'll be sorry when
2: you get the Pfizer vaccine and get donut rash
1: disease oh my god I just I cannot deal with any more after that psoriasis thing which still is uh, still only just going away you and me are just bathing bit. in that pine tar shit constantly seriously the amount of messages that we've sent each other over the past few weeks it's just like I constantly smell like pine tar mm, like, musky who is you
2: who is she? <laughs> Who is
1: she? <laughs> mm, she smells like she's, you know, a nymph running through the woods. No, I don't. I smell like <laughs> fucking...
2: Yuck! Anyway, pine tarsel. It's truly mm. a smell. And I saw a pain specialist as well, yes. which was my first time doing that. Uh, and thanks. How I hated it. What a waste yeah. of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: popping the uh, pain specialist cherry is uh, truly, a, truly an experience,
2: isn't it? I should have known... When it said, like, he was a ca- cancer surgeon as well. What? Yeah. Because, you know... What, and obviously... he just
0: did
1: this in his spare time for fun?
2: What? I don't know. I don't know. That he does That's look at a confusing. bunch of different things. But obviously he thinks he's God. Yeah. Um, basically. They say and... that, don't they? That
1: surgeons have, like, God complexes. Oh, my
2: God. They're all yeah. such fucking bastards. Yeah. Isn't um, that
1: about, like, um, you know, Doctor Strange? The, no, you don't watch superhero movies. Yeah, Doctor Strange, the uh, Marvel superhero. He before his hands get all fucked up, he um uh, has a god complex because he is a very highly paid surgeon.
2: Mm. It's a
1: it's a thing. Surgeons mm. have these. god oh, complexes of course, because they bring people back from the brink of death,
0: Ugh, or they just can just let me
1: die. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that is weirdly not the Hippocratic Oath. That's so weird. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs>
2: but yeah, um, first
1: do no harm and also just let them die that's, he, that's what they um, say
2: <laughs> he was like oh I, I just thought I would get I'd be able to get opiates so I can sleep all I would mm. look all I want to do is take an extremely strong painkiller once a day at night time that's it I don't yeah. want to go on another antidepressant that might work yep. and might help my fibro i don't want to have a fucking epilepsy drug from the 60s that might might be okay and might just like ruin all the gray matter in my brain and then he was like oh yeah you can have maybe you can get it you know going in these ketamine
0: drip feed things in
2: hospital and i'm like "Oh, how much is that he's like i don't know you need to get private health insurance i'm like oh okay so this was fun Yeah, this was fun. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) I know. It was just no help. And I should have known I was in trouble when he was like, do you you know what fibro is? And I'm like, well, (gasps) no one knows really. Yeah, (laughs) Like I've had it for 10 years. Did he say it really
1: like passive aggressively as well? Like, do you know what it is?
2: No, no, no. But he was like, oh, no. Yeah, we do know stuff about it. And then proceeded to tell me for 10 minutes that they don't know what it is and draw a diagram Cool, and and then said, I'm about cool. to get, oh, I'm about to get a bit sciencey. I'm like, oh no, oh dear, <laughs> deary
1: me, I my hate brain it when the, the big that. man brains, yeah, get all sciencey because my
2: little lady brain can't deal with it. So um, yeah, I still have to get like morphine in the post, and you know, just gonna yeah. die, just gonna die Yay. of a fentanyl overdose, I guess. So, yeah. bye,
1: bye. Yeah, I, I, I think we've spoken about it on the pod before, but I went to a. Pain clinic at the like local hospital, the RPA mm. in, in Newtown. That would have been that was fun. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> after
1: that experience and they just kind of went, yeah, go on Lyrica. And I was like, okay, which is something I do have to bring up because I went back on Lyrica. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's going super well. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, after I went to that chronic pain clinic and they didn't really give any sort of insights into stuff, my GP sort of said to me, she was like, oh, wow, they weren't really helpful at all. And I was like, mm-hmm, yep. Shocker, right? Could have Um, told me that before I paid them $400, but you know. Well, no, that was because that was the public one. Uh, That was, I didn't pay for that one. But then she's like, oh, maybe, will it be different if I send you, if I give you a referral to a pain specialist? And I'm like, no, they'll say the exact same stuff, except I'll pay $400 for it. Like, yeah, it's just such crap. And it's like, they don't have any answers. They just suggest the same shit over and over again. And... But yeah, they've got these god complexes, and you have to pay through your ass for it.
2: They're so adverse to just making people com- be comfortable. Like totally. we've discussed this before. I do not care if I become a bit addicted to painkillers. I'll Same. shift around the ones that I take, so you know it doesn't. Yeah. Ha- or like benzos or whatever. I don't care. I would rather be a, b- a bit addicted to drugs and have some quality of life. Yeah, you know yeah, what I, feel I mean. Like it's and be able to demonization
1: sleep. of demonization of drug addiction and it's also a very sort of misunderstanding of the difference between dependence and addiction like yeah
2: exactly there's a
1: lot of like overlaps obviously but those are two very separate things and I have gotten to the stage where I've been chronically ill for such a long time that I would rather have quality of life over you know playing that doctors seem to think it's some fun game where we're like oh let's try this medication now and see if that makes any difference like doing that (sighs) over and over again and they never Ooh. work.
2: <laughs> My body is not a theme park, okay? Oh,
1: worst theme Ugh. park ever.
2: It's I bullshit. I know, action park. It's like that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, it's it speaks to me so much about, we've talked about this before, this puritanical bullshit mm. that people carry. Like, why is being slightly addicted to a drug the worst thing in the yeah. world? I understand the opiate crisis in the US or whatever and over-prescribing but yeah. there needs to be a balance between actually being able to take this stuff and having it some sort of holistic approach as well. Like, yes, yeah. I do Pilates, but I want to take 10 milligrams of Valium every night. Like, fuck yeah. off. But it's the same shit as, like, euthanasia or whatever. They're just, like, they just don't want people to make their own decisions about their bodies.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's just they you hate know? bodily autonomy for some reason because they yeah. – yeah. I feel like there's a lot of religious kind of narrative over a lot of our medical kind of stuff still to this day, which – I, it's well, a big thing that we'll talk about a little bit later. doesn't but, help like, when your last,
2: last couple of prime ministers were like fucking God botherers.
1: Yeah, fully. A lot of it is just like as soon as it comes to any sort of bodily autonomy, they're like, nope, hate that. No, hate the, creator, the creator, the creator organizes this stuff. Not us. We have no control.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: God, what I would do to meet my creator right about now. <laughs> Woo. Sounds lovely. Mm. Um, How I are you doing? in the face. Um. Well, yeah. Wanting to punch the creator in the face is a a, a good segue. The creator. To that. <laughs> if there's a creator, I want to fucking murder him. It's definitely a man because a woman wouldn't. Um. Sorry, my phone just know, keeps fu-
2: going off. Hold on. Yeah,
1: I know. God, I'm trying to record a podcast over here, you.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm due for my second COVID vaccine.
1: So, we. I feel like Melbourne with all of your sort of uh, lockdowns and going back and forth and all of that kind of stuff, it seems Mm. to be that there's a little bit more urgency
2: on Melbourne's front.
1: Maybe that's just what I've seen on the internet from Melbourne people, but it seems like. Oh yeah.
2: People got scared into getting vaccines.
1: Yeah. Whereas Mm. like in
2: Sydney, people are just
1: like, nope, it's back to normal life. There's no big deal. And so the rollout is just seemingly not happening. So, For example, I'm under the age of 40 and because illnesses like fibro are not in that whatever the first rounds are, Mm. like you have to lie to get your vaccination. And so I Mm. haven't been able to do that yet. But so yeah, I like went through the whatever that test thing is to see if you're eligible. The eligibility checker, I believe it's called. And so I went through it and one of the questions is, do you have a disability? And I said, yes. And so it said, you're eligible. And I'm like, great. And then when I actually went to book the appointment, I had to, like, there was no sort of uh, thing that I could pick to say that I was disabled. And the only thing that it did include was something about the NDIS. And I realised that it wasn't actually people with a disability that were included in things. It was whether you're on the NDIS. Mm, That's the, the, like, catch-all. And I'm like well, you know, there's most of the disabled people I know are not on the NDIS. Like, that's a very sort of big gap in between that. So, yeah, anyway, I managed managed to register under general public, whatever the fuck that means. And, um, yeah, now I'm just waiting, sitting and waiting for someone to contact me about getting vaccinated.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah, maybe it will happen in my lifetime. I'm not sure. Otherwise, they'll be vaccinating my dead body.
2: Oh, that's Um, fun. Hmm. Um, Speaking of vaccinating, I'd just like to bring up our section called Plague Ditch, which is all Mm. the COVID news we can throw into a hole. You look like hell. Yeah, I just got back. It's time for the Plague Ditch. Anyway, so as we reported previously, our government hasn't really bothered to vaccinate disabled people. Yeah. Um,
1: I love that you so- said reported, like we're journalists, so we're like <laughs> <laughs> an exclusive from Chronically Fully Sick. <laughs> the government fucked it up again. <laughs> um, Sorry, continue. <laughs> so- I just want to do that like 50s journalist
2: voice, where it's just like... We've been investigating. <laughs> exclusive, read it here. <laughs> Read all about it. So disabled people have said that the vaccine rollout in disability care settings has been basically non-existent. Um, And health department figures from Senate Estimates last week revealed that just 355 of the more than 22,000 people with disabilities living in residential settings have been fully vaccinated. Now that's that's in homes... Yeah. So. like
1: That is such a small amount of people and that's just the disabled people who are living in like residential care. Exactly. uh, That's unbelievable. So then it's like when you add on all of the people who are not living in care that are on the NDIS and then add on the many thousands of disabled people who are not able to get the NDIS. I know. Holy crap. I cannot even wrap my head around that number. And so yep. altogether three hundred. Three hundred yep. and something people.
2: Exactly. Cool, 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 um, cool, cool, cool. So from this article, there's a quote from the mother of a disabled person saying, Nobody has been able to give me any information for months and then not to be able to get through on the one eight hundred number. The lack of information has just been appalling. My husband and I have been vaccinated, but my daughter, who is much more vulnerable, is not so it's not as if the federal government hasn't had time to plan for this. Now, this person's right. <laughs> mm, yep. And the 1-800 number that we've got here is the same number that you call to get information about COVID itself, mm-hmm. as well as booking a appointment to be vaccinated. So as you can, can imagine... You no imagine one... being one of the people working at the oh end of that line? Oh, my God.
1: Unbelievable. Power to these people. Holy crap. Like,
2: oh, my God. That would be so stressful. It is so stressful. And as you'll note as well, the vaccine eligibility checker, which allows you to then make an appointment online, actually hasn't been updated with a lot of the things that are allowing people to be eligible, such as Mm. being over 40 and that kind of thing. Um, It's just not working. Well, like
1: I said, there was no disability section that I was able to choose when I tried to do it. And only some of the places that are near, that are sort of, close enough and accessible to me to go and get a vaccination I wasn't able to use the eligibility checker to book
2: an appointment there
1: yeah I had to then call (laughs) exactly it's exactly
2: even if you do have an appointment you know it you can be standing outside which was the case with mine for about two hours oh Uh, super accessible yeah and it's pretty um uh, pretty wuthering heights, let's say, out mm. <laughs> outside the vaccination centre. You know, I'm like, Chloe, I think it's sleeting. And you had to look that up. <laughs>
1: yeah. I didn't know what the... Funnily enough, you are the third person in a week that has used the word sleeting to me. And I did yeah. not know. I, I'd never heard this word before. Mm. Mm. Is that a
2: common word? Yeah. It sounds so old world. It's like weather, dude. Like- like- <laughs> <Is> there- <laughs>
1: Ah, weather. I've heard of it. Um, no, like I just feel like sleeting sounds like really like, ah, father, the sleet is here. You know, like it just sounds really... I'm trying to clean out the chimney, but it's sleeting outside. It's starting, I can
0: do it. Yeah.
1: I don't know why you just be, immediately became a chimney sweep, like
2: a British <laughs> chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sleeting However, is a word. sleeting. <laughs> I was just looking at this... ABC News site, and one of the stories is Queen uses sword to cut slice of cake. Yeah. Should we read about that instead of... No. No, 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 we can't. Okay, people anyway. Are really,
1: really grumpy about it because people are like, hey, guys, the poverty rates in the UK just keep going up and up. And <laughs> But this old lady is like, oh, I'm going to use a ceremonial sword to cut this cake. Anyway,
2: continue. There's cut been the no monarchy. precedent to that kind of thing, really, has there? You know? No, she loves using swords to cut things. Oh, oh no, it? I mean, like, Mary Antoinette, you know, nothing like that. <laughs> Beddings, <laughs> All that sort of thing. Let them eat cake off my sword. Yeah, off my mm. ceremonial
1: sword that costs uh. more than
2: all, you know that the Your life. have
1: given to a housing trust in the last 10 years.
2: Anyway, continue. In any case, um, Scope yeah. Australia, uh, a specialist disability provider, um, and they have opened a safe space for disability staff and residents to receive their COVID vaccinations. Um, So that's in Glenroy, which is super central exactly, but it's really great because it's staffed with um, experienced disability support workers and has been specifically set up to cater to the needs of people with a disability. And they said, it's so important that people feel safe. Many of the people we support find too much sensory input just quite overwhelming. So they need a space where they are with familiar people where it's quiet and if they need time out, there is a space they can go. That's great. It's thinking
1: about a yep. lot of uh, a lot of accessibility things that are usually pretty ignored. I mean, it's a very positive step in the right direction, but we need so many disabled people to be vaccinated. So yeah,
2: they're just one disability provider. So yeah. they're just they have vaccinated two hundred and thirty nine people with another 913 book. But as we just said, that's a drop in the ocean. And this rollout for um, people with disability has been fucking appalling and disgusting. Worryful, yeah. So, yeah, I
1: hope a lot of those uh, hubs open up across the country and mm. not just in one place because, yeah, there's they got a lot to do. they got a lot Speaking to
2: do. Speaking of uh, across the country as well, I did note that a as soon as Melbourne went into lockdown, some dipshit decided to go on a uh, journey throughout every fucking small town between here and the Sunshine Coast.
1: I couldn't get over the route that this person took. So basically, uh, for our overseas listeners, this person drove from Melbourne to the Sunshine Coast, which is like, what, a two day drive
2: north? Oh,
1: yeah. More than that. I'm so yeah. bad at geography and how long. I don't know to two, or three, two or three, days. It's basically yeah. the
2: size of your entire country. If you're yeah, if um, anyone so, but, for but anyone else is listening, <laughs> yeah.
1: But basically, it's like the the way that this person went wasn't even the most direct route. Like they went through all of these. Tiny rural towns that have no access to vaccinations and medical care. They went through heaps of primarily Indigenous communities that, Mm. you know, are obviously more at risk in terms of, like, health and illness and all of that kind of stuff. Like, it was just the most bizarre and irresponsible thing. And... There's been, for our media who have absolutely slammed some uh, people who have brown skin in the past for uh, flouting COVID rules, there's been absolutely no insight into who this person was or what they did. Not that I want that to happen i just don't think it should happen at all and Mm. it only ever seems to not happen to white people so that's Mm. interesting
2: i would like Um, to put her in you know some stocks in fed square and pelt her with tomatoes mm, rotten tomatoes rotten vegetables yeah and then make them pay a fine which goes to one of our many community support um fundraisers that we've had to do here in melbourne because the government's not supporting anyone basically yeah that and a bunch great. of people can't pay their rent or f- yeah. buy food. So maybe people like that should get fined and they, yeah, they, you know, they can pay. Yeah.
1: I just don't understand why, like, you're like, oh, global pandemic. Now is the time to go to all of these remote towns with very little access to medical help and an aging population that comes from a marginalized community and maybe cough on them. Yeah, That's just what cough all over
2: everything. Just That's cough. That's what I'm going
1: to do. That's what yep. I'm going to do. That's the plan. That's what mm. I should do right now. It's, uh, people are just, I don't understand. <laughs> I just don't. I can't get my head around why you would do anything like that. Anyway, I'm not going to try and find logic in this person's actions because they sound like a dick. But yes, speaking of another dipshit, there was also, <laughs> a, I love it. I love how often like we're now doing this plague ditch update situation and how often it overlaps with Quack Watch. And we're just like, and also some dipshits did some dipshittery. Um, Yeah, I'm also,
2: yeah, it's just like basically our COVID news section kind of? Yeah. I don't know. COVID news
1: section, but unfortunately it is all of the Quack Watches at the moment as well, because turns out that global pandemic... Brings out the uh, the true anti-vaxxer in some people.
2: Yeah, um, yep, because now we have people, anti-vaxxers, targeting people that take care of disabled people on the NDIS. So yeah. this is so fucking weird. This, um, is, uh, this is
1: one of the most bizarre... St- when you added this to our sort of, like, chat thing to bring up on the pod, I was reading it and I had to reread it because I was like, I don't know if I understood anything in this this is just the most bizarre story yeah so, sorry you you
2: go uh vulnerable ndis clients are being targeted by anti vaxxers with activists activists um, activists, um trying yeah. trying to set up a network of non covid vaccinated disability support workers to provide services under the taxpayer funded scheme
1: why so they're <sighs> it's not actually the the people with disability that they're no. targeting they're targeting the clients and services that the NDIS like our disability insurance like uh, like pension kind of scheme that we have in Australia they're trying to attack the clients that work with the NDIS like the services the, that help the
2: disabled people, people that yeah the the employees that help disabled people that are on the ndis scheme the prominent oh conspiracy theorist behind the non-vaccinated ndis scheme michael sims has bragged about forging his own digital covid19 vaccination certificate raising concerns from federal authorities i will also one-
1: note that this man's this man's aka is mycophobic. What does that mean? I don't know. Mm. I think it's so fucking ridiculous
2: um so he was one of the key organizers of the millions march against mandatory vaccination protests god that's a mouthful uh in a call to action to anti-vax followers on the encrypted telegram service that's another thing that needs to fuck off mm. on monday mr sims posted if you're a disability support worker who doesn't want the vaccine or if you're a client or guardian of someone receiving ndis funding and you don't want carers who are vaccinated please send us a message immediately. Um, Yeah, so they're they're trying to make
1: out like there's all of these sort of nurses and disability workers and all of that kind of stuff who are agreeing with their... Yeah, and being forced to do it and that kind of thing. So chances are they're getting basically like next to nobody contacting them, but they're constantly posting about it to make it seem like it's... They're just being hounded by the amount of people who are getting in contact to be like, I was forced to do it and I don't believe in it. I think it's all... You know, Big Farmer or Bill
2: Gates or whatever. Yeah, after a response from a woman claiming to be a disability support worker who will not be coerced into this bioweapon, Mr. Sims bio provided weapon. a link. Ugh. Ugh. They're they're wearing masks, um, to protect themselves from people with the vaccine now.
1: Why are they so stressed? Like all of the all of the um we are both Joanna and I obviously do a lot of um quack watching on the internet and there's mm. i we're both in a lot of uh, Facebook groups that follow as we've said before the maniacs about town
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of these
1: people seem to be very nervous about vaccinated people shedding
0: stuff mm.
1: and then catching something from vaccinated people mm. why are they so scared of that and wearing masks to protect themselves from that but they're not scared of COVID
2: I what? don't know
1: it's so – it makes no sense. But, like, anyway. also,
2: they – you know, these people probably, I don't know, maybe take vitamins or supplements as well. And mm. we both know that those things actually aren't <laughs> – they're, they're actually not tested on anything. Yeah. They're not required yeah. to – anyway, whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs>
2: the Australian whatever. Health Protection Principal Committee does not currently recommend mandatory COVID vaccination for aged care and disability workers. So you don't have to get the vaccination if you work in aged care or with disabled people, which I think mm. is fucked. You should have to. It is to. fucked. Yeah. But they're so but they're so desperate for staff because they pay like shit because these are these are of course professions that are dominated by migrant people and mm. women yep. that experiences the pay gap far more acutely than other areas of work that yeah, totally. they they can't keep employees they can't get quality employees a lot of the time because they don't pay well enough yeah. so they can't they actually say to, support. yeah exactly they can't actually say to people we need you have to be vaccinated because then they would just leave
1: yeah people will so be they're, like, well, they're fuck that desperate
2: I'll, yeah I'll
1: go get a job at McDonald's which probably pays more
2: yeah 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 yep and then i don't have to get a bioweapon injected into my blood yeah so anyway these people are targeting people that they think are getting more forced than other people to get vaccinated Mm. which is fucked because they're also looking after as we know the people that are more likely to die of covid
1: yeah the people that are more vulnerable to covid
2: yeah
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and they're also making fake vaccination certificates aren't they
2: Oh my God, you fucking losers. Get a life. Yeah. Do some so real this... crime.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> know. That's not even a good crime. There's yeah. no honour in that crime. No. Um, yeah, the, the dude, the fucking microphobic or whatever his name is, I think, is saying that if people need um, – like, he posted a photo of his fake vaccination certificate and was like, if you need one, let me know. I'll make you one. Um Graphic Lol, this design is, a is my any- passion. I <laughs> know, <laughs> it's just word art. Oh, man, just the rainbow word art. Yeah, in another encrypted post, Mr Sim shares an image of a fake federal government digital COVID-19 certificate, including his own details, saying that anyone else that wants one without attending a vaccination clinic, just let me know. P.S. For the sake of the police and government, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my god. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. Um, a spokeswoman for Minister Reynolds said COVID-19 digital certificates had a number of features to safeguard against fraudulent activity. Um, but yeah, that's this person's apparently, this microphobic
2: dickhead is of offering to make people them. So. Mm, so they can go spread disease in our aged care homes and disability yeah. facilities. Good Which shit. they don't even need to be vaccinated to work in.
0: Oh my God.
1: So I tweeted about something the other day and it got a really quite a, it got a response that I was actually quite surprised by because you know, when you tweet something about ableism and it gets like two likes because people just don't really care about disability. Mm. Does that? Yeah. I feel like that happens a lot. Whereas this was something about, uh, accessibility. My tweets and, are a
2: little bit more freeform than that. I have to say.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your tweets. Yeah. Your tweets are a wild ride. Um, yeah, it's I. I just didn't expect the response that I got from from this from this tweet. So basically, it was I watched Mayor of East Town, the new HBO show with Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah, how's that? Ah, oh, I didn't really get the hype to be honest. Everyone mm. was like, "Oh my god, it's so good," and I was Is like, "Is it just it's just she a, has eye bags?" Yeah, it's like she's just not <laughs> not watching. She's just an alcoholic that doesn't doesn't wear much makeup. Um, Same. Like it was. Do well, I yeah. have a show? <laughs> yeah, where's my show, Kate? <laughs> Bitch, it was just one of those like small town murder shows, like Fargo kind of thing. Like I didn't really yeah, get right. why everyone was hyping it up like it was this brand new sort of concept. Anyway, um, it was fine. But I, when I was watching it, I so I signed up to the streaming service called Binge. Which we have in Australia, which has a lot of like HBO kind of shows on it, and that yeah, kind of thing.
2: the Sopranos and shit, right? Yeah, and like
1: Sex and the City, like shows that we Yuck. often struggle to the show, but the shows that we struggle to access for years. Do you watch in Sex and the City? Well, when I was fourteen, I did. Oh my god, that's so
2: inappropriate.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was fourteen years old and I was horny, Joanna. Yeah, Rachel Weisz's eyebrows only got me so far. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, Binge, anyway, has some really fucked situation going on with its captioning. A lot of captioning stuff is like when a TV station or a streaming service buys a show, normally the captions are kind of like part of the package deal. Like, you have to provide them. And if you don't, then it, like, you have to download them from elsewhere. And But Binge just seems to have, like, completely ignored that and just been like, fend for yourselves. Because closed captions, subtitles just weren't there. Like, it was a grayed-out option. I could not turn them on. Weird. And when I tweeted about it, there was one person that responded back to me and was like, oh, uh, actually, it does have them. And I'm like, okay, cool. Go fuck yourself, Joe. Hey! No, that's so weird. I think his, no, his name was Joe, not you. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah, not you. I tell you to go fuck yourself for other reasons. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <less>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everyone else was like, oh, my God, I thought that I was, like, losing my mind but no I thought that I couldn't have any captions totally I honestly Mm. thought that I was spinning out and wasn't able to use just basic remote controls anymore because it's (laughs) just unsurprising (laughs) yeah like let's face it yeah let's face it it's not yeah it's not far out of the, the scope of what could happen to me but yeah it was just this really bizarre thing where I was like oh my god why in this day and age does something that is like especially like a brand new show that is their biggest kind of show that they're pushing at the moment not have captions. That's just bizarre to me. Mm. Yeah, the response I got was really quite amazing. A lot of people were either talking about captioning things that they've experienced or their experience with that streaming service in particular. When I contacted Binge, they said that they do have closed captions available, but if they're not available for the show or movie I'd like to see, it's because they are still in the stages of updating and adding captions to their library. And when I screenshot that and tweeted it out, people came back to me and they were like, oh, that's what they said to me a year ago. So Mm. just clearly this is just not a priority at all for them. I guess it it just kind of made me think that the way that people think about accessibility and the word accessibility and what that means is usually different to what it actually means. You know, like Mm. I feel like for a lot of able-bodied people, when you talk about accessibility, they just assume that you're talking about maybe wheelchair accessibility. Right ramps and that kind of shit um but obviously that it does include that but that's just one small part of what accessibility is and so I did a like a bit of research to kind of go through what some of the other like common accessibility things are because I found Mm. it really really interesting because even for someone like me who does think about this kind of stuff some of them were like not something that I think about regularly you know it's it was one of those things that I was reading things and I was like oh yeah of course that makes sense but I'd never had to think about it before. Hmm. So there's like all of these different types of accessibility depending on disabilities. So like visual disabilities, auditory disabilities, like cognitive, neurological, um, psychological, and mobility. So I was thinking about with visual stuff, so inability to see objects or even perceive light and color, people with low vision and color blindness, So one of the things that I was reading about is that when we post something on social media or something like that, we've got to make sure that the colour settings are decent enough for Mm. people with colour blindness and sensitivity to look at. So if someone has a pale pink background and then white text on it, that's not going to be accessible because so many people won't even be able to see it. Mm, And I was like, oh, Of course, like there's so many sort of like colour combinations that are absolutely not okay that people just don't even think about as an accessibility thing. And also alt text on images, which is something that I want to get better at. Mm. So like image descriptions and you can add alternate text on Twitter, I think it is. Yeah, Um, there's
2: actually an account, an alt text kind of AI thing, which sends you a a message if you post an image without alt text to remind you to do it.
1: I saw one the other day that was when someone posted a photo, and one of their replies was just someone tagging that bot, and then yeah. that bot came back with the description of the image, which is great, and it shows that robots can do it. But in the meantime, while that you know technology is becoming more common, we need to remember to put alt text and image descriptions on things, because everyone deserves to know what's in a photo, not just people who have 2020 vision. It was a really good reminder for me because I it's just one of those things that is fairly new in the way that we use digital media and that kind of stuff. And talking about it has become more common, but still fairly new for a lot of people. So yeah, it's it's something that we all have to get used to. And it's something that we all have to do our best to remember. And I think one of the things is not getting defensive when people go, hey, can you add an image description? It doesn't mean that they're telling you off for doing something wrong it just means hey can you add an image description you know
2: Mm. Mm. and you can make those kind of fun like I've got a friend that writes the her alt text in a really funny kind of over the top way which is Mm. an added added bit of amusement I think yeah, totally. Mm.
1: But yeah, the um, captions are obviously the big one for auditory disabilities, but auditory impairments can actually be caused by inner ear nerve damage or malformation, neurological disorders. So, like, there's also things like certain volumes and sounds can be inaccessible and distressing mm. for people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I think one of the big ones that I was thinking about was like, you know, those warnings that come up. Oh, sometimes I know at exactly of- what you're going to say.
2: <laughs> Do you? The, like, are you no, talking there's... about the pirate? This, no. At the start of what? a movie. No. You wouldn't steal a car, du, du, du,
1: du. No. Oh my god. No, I. Was I thought that's what you were going to say. Yet. Yet. <laughs> They're so loud. They are They're really loud. Sh- it's out of me every time. There. Do you remember when you used to like watch DVDs and like before streaming services? Yeah, things, fall like, asleep. <laughs> you would fall asleep, and then every time you would that would wake you up and be like, yeah, terrifying. Not what I was going to say, but yes, terrifying. I'll put I'll
2: put an example. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Of you know, the, no- the noise I'm talking about. So no, what
1: I was thinking of, like you know how it's quite common for before movies. For people to be like, oh, this has flashing lights, so people with epilepsy or seizures and that kind of thing, it might be dangerous for you. Mm -hmm. Those are quite common, and I feel like those are just an everyday part of – like, those have been around for a really long time, and we just Mm. take that as a a given now that Mm. that might be a thing that we see. And so, like, there's so many other things that aren't to do with seizures and epilepsy, you know, like certain sounds and volumes and – just like general sensory perception kind of stuff. There's so many in that space that really we could be doing the exact same thing as what we do for the flashing lights one. And I think that that's an accessibility thing that should be sort of more common as time goes on. And also in terms of sensory perception stuff, there's a lot of supermarkets now these days that have a quiet hour, which is for people that have sensory um, issues. And so it's very quiet and there's a lot they of, sort of accessibility. the sometimes
2: and they don't play heaps of music and... Yeah. That kind of stuff. It's,
1: yeah, which is Sounds really like Kevin cool. TBH. Same. Like, I've realised as I've gotten older that I do have a lot of sensory things. And I always wondered if it was to do with fibro, but it may not be. And it's something that I should probably look into at some stage. <laughs> Just um, add it to the list. I would add it to the list. I've got a lot going on. But my sensory stuff is, that's one of the reasons why I have captions, is because I struggle with sound and multiple sounds happening at once and that kind of thing. The captions kind of help me focus and make sure that I'm listening to – I know what's going on. Like, it makes mm. it hard, like easier for my brain to kind of compute what is actually happening in terms of a narrative so I don't get overwhelmed by a lot of different sounds going on. I just and get so, bored unless it's a zombie movie. I can't pay attention. Yeah. Did you watch Army of the Dead, the new zombie film with no. Dave Bautista? Oh my God. Oh, really they replaced
2: that like gross dude with Tignataro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does Which it, it does Snyder you can tell that? at some points. I hate that guy.
1: To be honest, me too, gross. but that was actually, it is actually very enjoyable. It's very long mm. in typical Zack Snyder fashion, but it is, it's great. It's really enjoyable. Oh, and there's like I a zombie like.
2: making all these long movies
1: but joe there's like a zombie queen person who is like she's very you if you were a zombie like she's very Ah. like ooh jewels and look at me you know she's like like, a
2: magpie
1: yeah and because she's in las (laughs) vegas it's very like you wearing versace powering around yeah watch it it's great anyway the last one that i will go into is mobility stuff like mobility accessibility and the obvious one is like ramps and wheelchairs accessibility which is weirdly what a lot of able-bodied people think of when you talk about it and yet yeah, it's still not put into practice enough but mm. anyway but there's so many elements of mobility accessibility that aren't just related to wheelchairs and walking um and so a prime example is something we've spoken about before because like one of my mobility issues is that i get really bad tremors and so we've brought up that makeup brush company Cole creatives that uh, um, yeah you know they think about the accessibility stuff more than anything else and to Mm -hmm. make sure that people with shaky hands and various mobility disabilities like are able to access that kind of stuff there's that level of mobility stuff as well and the example that i read about that i've never thought about this before and i feel embarrassed about the fact that i've never thought about it before right is light switches so like you know the little small light switches that we uh, are the most common ones Mm. You know how they're like really fiddly, and like if you're like sort of in the dark trying to find it and that kind of stuff, it's hard to turn it on. Mm. Sometimes, just like pouring out the dark. Yeah, totally. For people that have tremors or like limb difference or prosthetic limbs and that kind of stuff, those are basically impossible to use. So true. And they're in every fucking house, like every rental house and that kind of thing. And so there's light switches these days which are becoming more and more common but they're like giant square kind of ones and they're flat. And so you just tap the top or the bottom to turn it on and off. And they're heaps bigger, heaps Hmm. easier to like find. And in terms of limb difference and that kind of stuff, it doesn't make a difference whether you are using a finger or using anything else. Like it's really easy to click on and off. It's one of those things that it would make life easier for everyone. Yeah. Like if I'm holding
2: a bunch of crap, I can't turn a light on and off. I just want to like chuck my elbow at something.
1: Exactly. And so Mm. I think that's the thing that really sort of blew my mind about like so many of these accessibility things is that when you read through a lot of these examples, you're like, wait, why aren't we all having that? Like, why don't we all use that? Yeah, that's pretty weird. It makes life easier for literally everyone. Like, Mm. why do we keep having these weird fucking tiny light switches that only, you know, X amount of people can use? And they're annoying for the X amount of people who can use them. Anyway, so reading through all this accessibility stuff, it was weird. As I said, I'm, I feel like I'm probably a little bit more knowledgeable about accessibility than most people, most able-bodied people. And yet there were things in there that I was like, oh, shit. Like That should be a thing. That should be a thing. Why isn't that a thing? Why isn't that just the norm? Like, that sounds heaps better, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I've gone through a real journey with accessibility and I encourage all of us to. And if someone calls you out on, you know, not being accessible in whatever different way, just learn from it and do it because chances are you're making life easier for not just people with disability but everyone. So anyway, that is my, that is my accessibility story and I'm really enjoying it. And also fuck Binge for not having subtitles. please put subtitles on things because otherwise I can't concentrate and I will end up not using your service anymore
2: that's all speaking of making stuff easier for everyone I have been reading some articles this week as well and I did learn some really interesting things about Mm. drugs our favorite (laughs) topic (laughs) Um, I think I have mentioned this in the past before, but a article came up at this weekend. The Cut called "More Female Mice." <laughs> Woo! Okay,
1: it's a title that I didn't expect, but here we are. Continue. Yeah. more so female I, mice. I this could have especially been weird because the... our country's having a mouse plague at the moment.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I heard it. I was listening to a news report about all the the wave of mice headed towards Sydney.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's like. Again, international listeners, our country is balked. Yeah, there's a mouse plague happening. So basically all of these people are just posting videos of, oh my God, I saw a video yesterday of someone waking up and there was just, they had a glass of orange juice next to their bed overnight. And when they woke up, there was just a mouse trapped in it and being like, I can't get out. (laughs) Our country so fucked. (laughs) Oh, and
2: the videos of like because all the Murray River cod died. Now they're yeah. they're better because they they're eating all the mice that fall into the river. And I just mm-hmm. saw this video of one fish regurgitating about ten mice. Yeah. Oh, it truly was wild so stuff is Gross. Yeah. It was so anyway, fucking gross. It is, anyway, yeah,
1: that, so that that uh, title of for the is a very interesting thing when, yeah, we're currently being like, please get rid of all the mice. Please More get rid of them. More female mice.
2: Now, we don't love testing on animals, obviously. What? I buy cruelty-free makeup, whatever, when I when I possibly can. However, with drug trials, they test them on mice. Mm-hmm. That's just the fact of the matter. But did you know that most drugs, all drugs just about are conducted only on the males of the species, mm-hmm. rats and mice. Historically, researchers have claimed that the short reproductive cycles of female rodents, which repeat every four to five days, imagine having a period every four to five days. Oh my oh, God, I anyway. basically do at the moment and it fucking sucks. <laughs> could throw off the reliability of their findings. Even in the animal kingdom, females are considered too hormonal to take seriously. So, by skipping over females, researchers may be missing important information about how hormonal shifts could interact with our medicines. Dr. Rebecca Shansky, a neurologist and associate professor at Northeastern University, says, The excuse that I would hear over and over and over again is that the estrus cycle, the mouse version of a menstrual cycle, would just make data too complicated. (laughs) yes because we we hate complicated things in
1: science that affects millions and millions of people
2: some researchers would say that because one day the animals have high levels of estrogen and the next day they could have low levels of estrogen you couldn't possibly understand anything about the brain or physiology or the effects of the drug in a drug trial
1: i understand the, the point they're trying to make when it comes to like scientific method like you want flat line to see what the actual effects are but Mm. when it's medication that is actually being used on people that do have fluctuations of like estrogen and that kind of stuff you kind of need to know all of that
2: (laughs) Mm. it just seems like
1: you're uh purposely not looking into information because you're like oh that'll take too long
2: (laughs) well it comes from a (laughs) a long-standing gender um stereotype essentially male is the norm the baseline Mm -hmm. and the female is deviation from that yeah. Now, sorry to talk in such binary gender terms about yeah. this kind of stuff, but yeah. So not yeah. using... F- it is very hard not to in this
1: situation. It is. yeah.
2: So not using female mice has real world implications. One famous example was with the st- sleep drug Ambien. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it was tested on male animals and then on human men it's in clinical drug, trials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once it was widely prescribed, it proved to be much more potent in women because the female or AFAB body metabolized it much slower. Yeah. So normally we take Ambien so you can go to sleep and you'd hope by the time that you wake up in the morning, you'd be out of your system. But that wasn't happening with AFAB people. They would take the Ambien, go to bed, wake up, and then still feel the effects well into the morning. Yeah. So, in fact, across many different kinds of medication, women are more likely to suffer side effects because of testing biases. So that's um, I know I've brought up this
1: book on the pod before. Have you read Gabrielle Jackson's Pain and Prejudice?
2: No, I do know it, though. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's if you guys are interested in this sort of stuff about, like, the female mice and the history of testing medications for um, AFAB people um, on – male mice and all of that sort of thing this mm. her book goes into it really really in depth and it's really it's absolutely fascinating and Obviously horrifying, but really interesting. So, so this carries this carries
2: actually on Beyond Mice, which she, she probably detailed in her book. Women or AFAB people are more likely than men to suffer adverse side effects of medication because the drug dosages have been historically based on clinical trials conducted on men as well. So not just mm-hmm. male animals, men. So they're just using a one-size-fits-all approach in terms of prescription and that kind of thing. And more than 90% of cases, women will experience worse side effects such as nausea, headache, depression, seizures, hallucinations, um, f- finding that women were more likely to experience adverse drug reactions, um, in fact, nearly twice as likely as men. And they were still being excluded from drug trials until really recently. So, yeah, it's um, bizarre, isn't it? So, moreover, until the early 1990s, women of childbearing age were kept out of drug trials due to medical and liability concerns about exposing pregnant women to drugs, risking damages to their fetuses, so, yeah, that's pretty interesting, yeah. us getting more adverse effects to drugs because they've never actually been trialed on people with, you know, wombs mm. or reproductive systems. So the dosages can be completely wrong half the time. Yeah.
1: Or the drug itself could be
2: completely wrong, you know.
1: like it's Exactly. Like, uh, so the first thing that this sort of got brought up Uh, with was just the pill like birth control pill Mm. so they tested the birth control pill on male mice like that makes absolutely no fucking sense but Mm. yeah it was like all of the sort of side effect based stuff and they were like yeah yeah it's fine like side effects are pretty minimal and then obviously I think you know most of us know that the side effects are not pretty minimal Mm. for a lot of us yeah, so it's it, I I am constantly baffled by this, but
2: yeah, more female mice is um,
1: what they're saying.
2: So the National Institutes of Health mandated in 2016 that grant applicants would be required to recruit male and female participants in their protocols. So going forward, it should improve, but it's just wild that decades and decades and decades worth of drugs just oh, we don't know what it does to someone's reproductive system or mm. that seems cool to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, and I think the societal expectation that women are just expected or like people with uteruses are just expected to take this medication. How many people in heterosexual relationships, like the woman is like, oh, no, like I, of course, I'm on the birth control pill because, you know, he doesn't like using condoms. And it's like, well, mm. <laughs> fuck. Why is that just assumed that you you should be? We don't to like them this? either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's one of the strangest things to me is that it's just like oh, yeah, we've put no effort into actually figuring out how this could affect you, but, and now we're just going to create this societal expectation that it's just assumed that you should take it regardless of how it affects your body.
2: And that you're risks. you're just going to tolerate these side effects and it'll be fine. And it, when you come to a doctor to whinge about them and say that you're sick and say that your medication is having a terrible effects on you, we'll just gaslight it's you and call you crazy.
0: But all I've seen of this old world Is a bed and a doctor bill I'm tearing down your brooder house Cause now I've got the pill All these years I've stayed at home While you had all your fun And every year that's
2: gone by Another baby's come Spoonie Hotline We have... A caller called grace that has kindly sent us a hi message. grace hi grace uh so here it is grace hey
1: sickos
0: um my name is grace and i have ankylosing spondylitis uh which is my spine fusing together um and my body eating itself. It's an autoimmune condition. I also have fibro um, and I always forget that I also have endometriosis because it's kind of the least of my problems. Um, it was only diagnosed by accident when I had laparoscopic surgery when I had my tubes tied. So that's just the icing on the cake really. Um, dropping the spoony hotline Because recently I was um, refused a request to work from home to accommodate for my chronic illnesses and pain and mobility issues, um, which is shocking because it's 2021 and we're just coming out of a pandemic and everyone's been working from home and it turns out that the world didn't explode and we didn't all just go to the beach. So I was super shocked. To be refused this um a bit of background i i um just came out of a, a phd program so um my job is highly technical um and i've got a lot of experience in my field um and there is just no reason at all why i have to as they told me turn up at 8 30 and leave at 4 30. Um, There's just no reason for it In fact, I work with farmers a lot and they're often not reachable during those hours so there's really no reason I need to be sitting in a bloody office Um, Letting my spine get more and more agitated Um, They haven't offered uh, for an occupational therapist or anyone to assess my workstation to accommodate Um, whereas I have had an occupational therapist to, um, assess my workstations at home, um, which was paid for by the university when I was, uh, doing my PhD. So yeah, that was a massive shock. And basically I think it just comes down to them, um, despite me, Giving them stacks and stacks of medical records, certificates from doctors um, saying that I need flexible uh, working conditions, that I have mobility issues, that um, I have chronic pain and often fibro fog. Uh, I basically think they just don't believe me and think I have crazy lady hysteria because, um, that golden line, I don't look sick, a little haggard maybe, but I don't, um, I seem to walk with only a light limp. So that's, that's not sick enough. Right. Um, so I actually thought this isn't right, even though I've only got a few more weeks with my contract with them I contacted a disability advocate for some advice and she was awesome um she sounded like she smokes like two packs a day and has been unionizing people since the industrial revolution and I told her my situation and she was basically like oh honey if they're not going to accept your conditions they they probably aren't going to change their minds and it's just going to piss them off if you throw the book at them, Uh, which apparently is actually a very common situation in Australia, which is a massive shock to me. Um, I've been working um, almost 20 years now and um, none of my employers have ever questioned my health. Um, They've only wanted to accommodate for me knowing that I'm super hardworking um, and have lots of skills um and I've got a friend who works for an HR consultancy and she says overwhelmingly um employers that she talks to that won't accept people continuing to work from home and forcing them to go back to the office are just crusty old boomers that um are are set in their ways and probably don't have the resilience or flexibility um to actually learn how to damn it my phone is ringing fuck uh sorry um my phone rang haha <laughs> um it was my shrink so i had to take it um anyway you ladies can edit that out can't you uh i'm almost done with my rant anyway um basically um i just think that we really need a shift in in work culture and um and to educate people about invisible disabilities and illnesses and, and mental health which is totally shit because none of us really have the spoons to have to educate idiots that tell us that we don't look sick but um in any case there's no rest for the wicked um it'd be great if we could just dismantle capitalism and not have to deal with any of this shit ever again but um first i need a nap thanks for listening
1: um just fyi we 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 didn't edit out your shrink calling because And if that belongs anywhere, it belongs on this podcast. So, (laughs) lol. From everyone that I've sort of spoken to about the working from home situation, the people that are experiencing similar stuff to what you are, where, you know, workplaces are getting shirty about people continuing to work from home or wanting to work from home after everyone else has gone back and all of that kind of thing. The only people that are getting shitty about it are crusty old boomers. Mm. Because they just assume that everyone who is working from home is somehow slacking off and not actually working. Newsflash, you
2: can slack the hell off at the office as well.
1: Yeah. Like, what have you guys been doing for the past fucking 60 years of working? That's right. You've been slacking off. That's
2: right. Yeah. Certainly not learning how a PDF works, apparently.
1: No, or how to rotate one. Surely. Mm. Uh, Surely not. Mm. So yeah, it is, you're definitely not alone in, in this situation. It is so frustrating having to... Be in that situation where you're having to justify not only your health, but also how good you are as a worker, how you know how talented you are, how skilled you are, all of those types of things. Because it feels like you're having to prove that you're worth it when it's not even like they have to do a huge amount to accommodate what you're asking for. Mm. Like you have to jump through all these hoops for them to go. Oh, okay, work from home. Be even less of an issue for us. Like it's just it's so bizarre to me. Mm. I've had it in workplaces before the pandemic and it was one of those things that when the pandemic happened, those workplaces that I'm no longer at, I noticed that they pivoted to working from home pretty, pretty damn easily. Yeah. Even though they said that it was not Impossible. Not a yeah, totally impossible. Mm -hmm. So chronically ill and disabled people have been asking for this kind of accessibility for yonks and trying to prove that it's possible and I was hoping that after the pandemic, it would kind of be one of those things that people would kind of go, oh, it is possible. Okay, we can we can do that. But no, people still just, they just want
2: to be dicks. Yep. I technically work full time now and there's no absolutely no way I would be able to do that if I had to go into an office. No way. Yeah. Not anymore. Totally. And this is a a common problem that people that have chronic illness and disability talk about a lot. It's an issue that gets brought up in the group a lot. When do you disclose the fact that you have an illness or a disability and need support? Do you do it? Do you not? How is is your employer going to react towards you? And I actually don't know the answer to these questions, so I would really love if people would call in and tell us some further experiences about working while sick. Um, it's a topic yeah. we get requested to talk about all the time, but like, I don't, I kind of just don't know what to say because it's something that I am still dealing with myself. Maybe we should, uh, in a future app, we should just kind of go through
1: what some of the more common situations are. Telling, like sort of telling your work about it early, not telling about it, them about it at all. Just kind of going through what the situ- situations are that we know of. And just kind of outlining all of them and pros and cons, maybe, because mm. I feel like we've kind of done a lot of them between us. Mm. But yeah. But anyway, yeah, as Joe said, Spoonie Hotline, send in what your experiences have been like, because I know that there's a lot, a lot to be said here. I just gradually
2: get sick.
1: <laughs> yeah. I let them know when they burn me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. It is really hard. And especially when situations like Grace's come up, it's, wh- of course, we tend to sort of hide our chronic illnesses as much as we can, because if that's the way that we're treated when we try to speak openly about it, then of course, pe- that's why people try to hide it, you know? Like, it's, maybe if you guys weren't such ableist dicks, then we uh, we would be able to uh, disclose
2: Earlier, I hate. With more confidence. I hate how um, workplace flexibility a lot of the time is only spoken about in terms of children and yeah, family totally. stuff. But I just, mm. I just remember just throughout my working life, and this should be the case, you know, people leaving mm. at, you know, two thirty to go pick up their children or whatever, and I'm just sitting there yep. sick, mentally ill, desperately wanting to go mm. home, but because I don't have children, I somehow, you know. I don't know. It's it's just a really weird double standard to me. I don't really understand it. Agreed. Yeah, it is one of
1: those. And you're right. Whenever people do like HR departments sort of outline their flexibility and all of that kind of stuff, that is the thing that they immediately go towards talking about. Mm. I've noticed it has opened up a tiny bit more since the pandemic Mm. where I work, but it's for the most part, it has always been like, no, we're super flexible. We'll allow you to leave at 3pm to pick up your children, but you have to make it up. You know, like it's not that flexible at all. Mm. So,
2: and this disability know. advocate Grace Saw sounds like uh, could be you? me. <laughs> sounds like you. Yeah,
1: yeah. As soon as I, as soon as I, um, like, there's nothing more powerful than seeing Joe like wearing like '90s Versace, like gold over the top, one of her like super over the top outfits smoking a durry and talking about like workers rights that is joe at her most powerful so like as soon as you described that grace i was just like oh did of you guys have
2: already spoken <laughs> yeah i don't know whilst, whilst we say that <laughs> join your fucking union please oh yeah join
1: your union yeah um Yeah, thank you so much for that, Grace. It is something that we need to talk about. So maybe next step or uh, uh, one of the upcoming ones, we'll delve into the whole working and like working while sick kind of stuff and we can go in a little bit more in depth into the whole working from home, not working from home and issues that people have have faced in this space a little bit more because it is something that is going to come up more and
2: more, I dare say. Oh, yeah, Lord knows I need to travel into an office to sit there and edit a web page.
1: Fuck yeah because i definitely don't need just an internet connection to do such a thing mm. yeah <laughs> pretty bizarre damn boomers they just don't uh, yeah they just uh. won't they just won't <laughs> I'm so die tired. i'm so tired <laughs> i like why is it that i feel like i'm dying and they just won't yeah
2: ridiculous it's all their in- Truly investment ridiculous. properties keeping them
1: powerful and alive yeah it's their lifeblood it's like if we take it away maybe they'll die hey yeah,
2: have you ever like just before we go have you i was thinking about this again the other day hmm. like do you think if you got a whole body infusion for like a couple of times of like a child's blood you might be better like you might get better <laughs> um
1: uh, do you guys
2: ever get that feeling
1: where you just, like, you feel like you don't know who you're talking <laughs> to? Like, who did, I, who did I start a podcast with? It just, she scares me sometimes. But,
2: like, if um, you got... No. Because I was thinking about... No, Joanna.
1: <laughs> Please do not steal the children and create some kind of blood
2: farm. But you know how I was thinking about how... <laughs> our... <laughs> I was thinking about um, Daphne, a former guest of the pod, may she rest in peace, um, her... Uh, Beautiful death. Well, I'm gonna say, yeah, her fecal
1: transplant that she did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you've now decided that you're going to do that, but by inserting by a child's blood into your into your veins. I feel like there is something that's been in a book or a movie or something is like that QAnon? Where been is? Like it's the this. Is, yeah, this is this is QAnon. I'm actually QAnon. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's this is the Fountain of Youth, guys. It's just about murdering children.
2: Adrenochrome.
1: Adrenochrome! That's the true bioweapon, is the blood of children. What if,
2: yeah, maybe adrenochrome cures fibro or something?
1: I don't know. I'm... <laughs> um, 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 I'll try anything at this fucking stage. Let's, let's, um, I'll go nab that child that I can see outside my window right now, BRB. Email
2: chronically fully sick at gmail.com if you have a child that you would like to um, put up, put up,
1: put up as for, us a tribute,
2: <laughs> for us to they take volunteer their blood. As tribute.
1: <laughs> it really is Hunger Games level shit at this point, people. <laughs> we are, we're very tired. Kids,
0: blood, kids, blood, kids. Blood. <laughs>
1: Oh, anyway, I feel like we should stop there. Some people are walking past with a pram and I feel like I'm about to be arrested.
2: What? You shouldn't be chanting kids' bloods? Kids' blood,
1: kids' blood. Kids', kids, blood, blood. kids yeah, this, blood. Yeah. These people are just staring at my window being like, why, what is this place? Is it a mental hospital yes. for mental people? Yes. It is, yeah. Honestly, it truly is. My mental illness is out of control at this point. Um, All right, well, I'm taking yeah, my, my rash and my... Blood and going home. Yeah, your weird titty rash and your children's blood, the just smearing it over you. your weird donut titty rash. <laughs> All right, speak to you guys soon. End of podcast. Bye. <laughs>